Here at St. John's, we've been working on a new spiritual program that's part of the Episcopal Church called The Way of Love, Practices for a Jesus-Centered Life. And we're taking, looking at one of, the, one of the practices for each month between now and Easter. And so the first practice is turn, and we're spending the month of October looking at the spiritual practice of turn. Turn, to pause, listen, and choose to follow Jesus. The way of, way of love materials for turn say, like the disciples, we are called by Jesus to follow the way of love. With God's help, we can turn from the powers of sin, hatred, fear, injustice, and oppression toward the way of truth, hope, love, justice, and freedom. In turning, we reorient our lives to Jesus Christ, falling in love again and again. In much of uh, the gospel accounts, especially uh, stories like the one we have today, the disciples are following Jesus but they're not turning to Jesus in the way that the way of love about turn describes. They're following him, but they're not turning to his message, as is evident in the reading. Now, I don't know about you, but I actually find great solace in the disciples uh, portrayed as these fools sometimes who just don't quite get the message. They're following, they've made that commitment to follow, but they just can't, they're still turning. Uh, I find a lot of comfort and encouragement in that personally. The context for the reading we have this morning is in the verses just before the reading begins, Jesus has given the disciples the third, his third prediction of his death and resurrection, saying that the Son of Man will be handed over and killed, and on the third day rise again. And then our passage begins. So immediately after Jesus has said this, we have James and John, either cluelessly or out of fear because of what Jesus has said, basically saying, that's great, but what about us? What's going to happen to us? And they ask Jesus for a place of special privilege and power. In an ancient throne room, the king would have been flanked on either side by the most powerful servants of the king. But Jesus' throne is the cross, and he is flanked on either side by two bandits. Those are the, the bandits are the, those for whom it has been prepared. The bandits are the powerless and despised. But on Jesus' throne, they are the ones who have been given the places of honor as Jesus pays the ransom for many. Jesus has come to turn the world upside down. 
the meaning of authority and greatness turned upside down. Systems of domination based on power over others, Jesus overturns them. It is hard to look at our current situation of hyper-partisan politics, our extreme language about winners and losers, our use of other humans as bargaining chips, and not see Jesus condemn all of it on both sides. We see Christian leaders becoming James and John, pandering for power. Well, I think Jesus' teaching does have policy implications. We become James and John when we claim Jesus for our own political side. Jesus seldom, seldom tells us what we want to hear. Jesus always tells us what we need to hear. We are all James and John. We all have some of their desire for access, favor, and security. If not outwardly, then at least inwardly. This passage is inviting us to examine that and to turn from it. What ways are you like James and John? How do you seek access, power, favor, security? For some reason, this passage in Jesus talking about being a servant to be great and to be a slave of all. And it's important when we hear that word slave to remember that in early Christian theology, everyone's a slave. You're either a slave to God or a slave to sin. So this is talking about being a slave to God instead of a slave to power, to making this choice to serve other people. For some reason, Jesus, talking about this in the passage, always reminds me of that humiliating process of picking kickball teams when I was in elementary school. And all of us, including me, pick me, pick me, pick me. I always ended up somewhere in the middle. And it was always pretty much the same two kids that got picked last. Jesus would have chosen those two first. I read a story of a priest who did a children's sermon on this passage, and he held up a bowl of candy and invited the children to come line up, form a single line so that he could distribute the candy to them. So, of course, the children all rushed forward, and perhaps the more ambitious, eager ones kind of bumping other kids out of the way so that they could be first in line. And when the line was formed, the priest took the bowl of candy and walked to the end of the line (laughs) and started distributing the candy 
from the back to the front. I love that image of Jesus. One way that I think many of us like act like James and John is using a trick question to get people to make agreements with us so that we can have a form of power over them. James and John ask Jesus to grant whatever they ask without telling him what they want. Note that Jesus does not agree to their terms, but just asks what they want and then flips it on them by saying he doesn't have the power to grant their request. Think about that dynamic going on there. Think about it the next time you ask someone if they can do you a favor without saying what that favor is. Or asking someone to keep a confidence before you say what is confidential. In the Gospels, Jesus always tells the disciples to keep something confidential after he gives them the information. At the heart of this Gospel passage is Jesus' call to us to be servants to turn our focus from ourselves to others. For in Jesus Christ, it is turning away from the self that we find our true self, our true identity in God. It is in turning to servanthood that we become free. At our diocesan convention this past weekend, uh, this yesterday, Friday and yesterday, as we gathered, we sang and danced the Shaker hymn, Simple Gifts. And I think the lyrics and the motions of that song perfectly reflect the spirit of what Jesus is saying to us in this gospel. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, To bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.